When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. There's a name that you may not remember, but it's a name that I think should be remembered by everyone, and I believe that this person is an actual hero. John Paul Mac Isaac. Remember that name, John Paul Mac Isaac. Who is John Paul Mac Isaac? He's the hero. He's the man who is the legal owner of Hunter Biden's laptop when Hunter Biden didn't pick it up from his shop. We now know for a fact that he followed the rules. We know that he did everything right. And the media and the left and the FBI and the IRS now still did everything they could to destroy him in order to protect a wealthy and powerful Democrat named Joe Biden. A good man who represents the most vulnerable minority in the world. The individual did everything he was supposed to do, everything they told him to do. And for that, they took away everything he had and refused to protect him from the most obscene injustices that you will ever hear about. Now, before a drunken man entered his life with three broken laptops, John Paul MacIsaac owned a home, owned a small business, and had carved out a life for himself in Wilmington, Delaware. John Paul MacIsaac wasn't looking for trouble, by the way, or to become famous or do anything other than quietly live his life. Then walked in a drunk entitled and corrupt vice president's son, Hunter Biden. And even after he knew what he had, John Paul Mac Isaac didn't try to financially or politically profit for the potential windfall handed to him and then legally surrendered to him by Hunter Biden. He could have called and gotten an attorney and probably made himself six figures, maybe even seven, by handing the laptop back over to the Biden crime family. He didn't do that. He still did the right thing. He never stopped doing the right thing. He could have sold the contents of that laptop or sold his story about the contents of the laptop for probably easy six to seven figures. Maybe even more. He could have shopped it around on the market. He could have shopped it around to different political people and easily gotten seven figures for the content. He didn't do it. And for that, for being nothing more than less than an innocent bystander who followed the rules, the media, the IRS, the FBI, the Biden regime has destroyed everything that John Paul Mac Isaac created. He lost literally his whole life. Now, the media is not going to tell you this part of the story because they don't want you to know just how bad it's become for this man. His business, by the way, gone. His trade, 
gone. His privacy, gone. Everything that he worked for, they took away from him. He now might even lose his home. Who are they? I'm talking about the government. The FBI that sat purposely on explosive evidence that would have set John Paul Mac Isaac free and did so to protect a wealthy and powerful Democrat named Joe Biden, protected the man instead of the innocent man who let them know about the contents of the laptop. They is also the former 50 deep state swamp intelligence officials who, knowing that the laptop was real and the content was real, smeared this man, John Paul Mac Isaac. They claimed that he was a Russian spy. And why did they do that? They said it was Russian disinformation. These 50 former top intelligence officials said they did it to protect a wealthy and powerful Democrat by the name of Joe Biden. They is the all-powerful tech giants who falsely accused this man, whose name you should remember as a hero, John Paul Mac Isaac, of traitorous criminal behavior. They even accused him of being a hacker, never been a hacker in his life. Why did they do it? Why did they say that he was a Russian? Why did they say he was working for Putin? Why did they say that he was a hacker? Why did they accuse him of criminal behavior? You're catching on to the theme here to protect a wealthy and powerful Democrat named Joe Biden. And finally, who else is involved in the bigger grand plot that I refer to as they, the corrupt corporate media. The media who knew all of what I just said to you was a lie. The media knew the Hunter Biden laptop was legitimate almost instantly. And still for 17 months, they spread lies and more lies and more lies and protected the lies that they were telling to destroy a hero by the name of John Paul Mac Isaac. They spread these lies to destroy his life. The New York Times now admits Hunter's laptop is real 17 months later. You have to ask the question, why now? Why now is the media admitting that this story is real? I will tell you why. Because they now know that something has to happen. And they're playing defense. The New York Times admitting it. It's real. Now, when the media first dealt with this story, when the news first broke, when there was that last presidential debate, remember we didn't have as many because of COVID and all that crap, this is what they said back then. There are 50 former national intelligence folks who said that what this he's accusing me of is a Russian plant. You mean the laptop is now another Russia, Russia, Russia hoax? The vast majority of the intelligence people have come out and said there's no basis at all. The allegations against Joe and Hunter Biden have no basis in fact. Who do you think is behind this? 
Well, the Russians would be my number one guess. Obviously, Russia would be the chief suspect. This information Rudy Giuliani is peddling uh, very well could be connected to some sort of Russian government disinformation campaign. CBS News has learned the FBI is now looking into whether the information found on the device may be part of a Russian disinformation campaign. There are fears that what Giuliani is now pushing here in the United States could actually be part of Russia's latest and very massive disinformation campaign. Another wonderful propaganda coup for Vladimir Putin, seeing the president of the United States holding up a newspaper, promoting Kremlin propaganda. That was the media. 17 months later, the media is now saying, okay, we lied to you. You can't trust the media anymore, certainly not the corporate media on anything. You can't trust that if they actually get the truth, that the media will even tell you the truth. The media will publish lies about the truth to protect their people from the truth. There are all kinds of movies about this, by the way, about how the goal is to find a heroic journalist who will tell the truth and save you, right? The three days of the condor, the pelican brief, the China syndrome. But this media keeps lying. And now they're having to admit that one of their lies, oh, just kidding, it was real. It was all real. But we lied to you long enough to kit the guy we wanted into the White House. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. I want to take a step back and I want to really look at what the media's role used to be in this country. The Pentagon Papers, for example. Watergate. There used to be a fundamental idea in this country, and the idea was that if the government was trying to squash you, if big business... We're trying to crush you or destroy you or hurting people. If they were lying to you about the levels of chemical and water that was around your home and you were getting cancer. And the government was in on it, local authorities were in on it or the whatever it may be that there was a place you as an individual could go to tell your story. If you were the lonely, simple whistleblower, there was a place for you to go to tell your story. And that place that safe place that you would turn, whether you were a government employee, high level, low level, whether you were a local employee, high level or low level, whether you were just a, a basic little person in a office, if you saw something, right, if you saw it, there was a place you could go. And that place that you could go was the media, right? The place you could go is that lonely whistleblower. There was a safe place to run. It was to the press. That's where you're supposed to go, no longer. You go to them with the wrong story, and they'll actually run to the people you're 
whistleblowing on and tell them what you're up to. They will run to the people that you're whistleblowing on to destroy your life, which is exactly what happened to this hero who got the Hunter Biden laptop because Hunter Biden came in hammered and never came back to pick them up. You used to have a safe place to run, no more. Why? Because the media now is all in on it. John Paul Mac Isaac sat down last week with Breitbart News. And they wanted to give him a chance to share his story and tell it. Other than editing to, for clarity and length, they wanted the people to hear what he had to say unfiltered. Breitbart News sat down to do what the media is supposed to do. To give a safe place for a whistleblower to go. And while the media has been trying to destroy him in the deep state and the IRS and the FBI, while the media was attacking him and attacking this story and saying it's Russian disinformation, he's a hacker, he's a Russian spy, he's working directly for Vladimir Putin, these are the things they said, while they destroyed his entire life, the media didn't defend him. No, 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 the media sold him out. Breitbart News said this in their interview. First off, thank you for doing this, Mr. Mac Isaac. Where I want to start, especially because the corporate media and the social media have done so much to cover up your story, to cover your story, cover it up, is to start at the beginning when the laptop was first brought into your store. Until all this happened, you did have a storefront, correct? John Paul Mac Isaac said, yes. 2010, I opened the Mac shop in the Trolley Square area of Wilmington. A little 20-foot retail space where customers could park right in front of the shop instead of having to walk through a shopping mall. I'd run out, pick up the item to be repaired for them, which was a lot more convenient than taking it to an Apple store. Breitbart News said, and you've since lost that store due to the fallout over the Hunter Biden laptop. John Paul MacIsaac, yes. Breitbart News said, now, were you working that day when the laptop came in? Referring, obviously, to Hunter Biden. It was April 12, 2019, about 10 minutes before closing. I remember I was climbing the walls to get out of the shop because it was Friday night. And I had other places I wanted to be. I remember the door opening. There was a little chime on the door. I look up, and this is something you remember when you're eager to get out of the shop on a Friday night when there's only a few minutes to go, and there's a guy standing there holding three MacBook Pros. You realize this is the end of my evening. Always on a Friday night, right? Breitbart responded in this interview. He laughed and said this customer with the three MacBook books was pretty intoxicated. He approached the counter and the three laptops basically slid out of his hands onto the counter. This kind of gave me a clue as to the individual's care level when it came to their electronic devices. Breitbart News says, what made you think Hunter was drunk? The smell preceded him. He had balance problems, speech problems. Got it. So I inspected the laptops and explained they were liquid damaged. He said he just wanted to get the data off them. At this point, I have to get the customer into the system. And even if it's a returning customer, 
If they are more than a few feet away, I have to ask their name. Mr. Mac Isaac is legally blind. Just so you know. He said his name was Hunter. I asked, what's your last name? And there was a long pause, almost like he was surprised I didn't instantly recognize him. So he responded almost sarcastically, Biden. Then I noticed the Bo Biden sticker on the top of the laptops. That was when I made the connection to who he was, and I assumed he was looking to get memories off the dead, off his dead brother off the laptop. So I actually felt sorry for the guy and helped him recover the data of one of the laptops without even charging him. I just gave him a keyboard to use because they were missing on the laptop's keyboard. He recovered that one himself in the shop. Normally, I charge $200 for data recovery, but I charged him $85 to recover the remaining laptop. This guy had just lost his brother. I then wrote up documentation saying we're going to attempt data recovery. I worked with him for about 20 minutes. He left with two machines. I was left with one machine and signed paperwork allowing me to access the computer and recover data from it. You said there were three laptops, Breitbart said. The man who owned the shop responded with one was a complete write-off. The liquid damage was too great. He took that one home along with the one he recovered in my shop with a keyboard. The one he left me with had power issues that made it a touch-and-go process for about 24 hours as I mitigated the data. So you completed the data recovery, and that was the procedure. What was the procedure from there? I contacted him the next day, April 13, 2019, and requested that he go and pick up a one terabyte external hard drive from like a Best Buy. And if he could drop that off at his earliest convenience, I would transfer everything from the damaged computer that was now on my secure store server. Did you contact Hunter through email or phone? Phone. Do you remember if you spoke with him or left a message? I want to say I left a message. I don't think I've ever spoken to him on the phone. I think it was the April 17th when he showed up to drop off the drive. It was in a Best Buy bag. Was he sober during that visit? No, no. He was not sober. Going back to the data recovery, at this point, had you seen anything on the laptop? I'm unfamiliar with the process, so forgive me if that's an obvious question, Breitbart News asks. The shop owner responds with, when you're recovering data for a customer, you want to verify it. You don't want to call a customer and say, hey, I recovered 300 gigs of data off of this. Here you go. And then have them take it home just to discover that the data corrupt that the data is corrupted or it's missing data or there's an inability to access the data because this machine was unable and kept un- unstable and kept powering on and off. There were multiple times I had to look at the data. Typically, when you're dealing with a lot of data recovery from an unstable source, you want to look at things that are going to be the most susceptible to digital corruption. Videos have a tendency to show corruption easier than other files. I inspected a video file for corruption, and it was a good way to get a finger on the pulse of how well the rest of the data transfer is going. Breitbart News says makes sense. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. 
Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, I want to get into the part where this really gets intense for this shop owner. He has to check data, make sure that the transfers are going well. You got to see if the data transfer is corrupted. So the shop owner says, quote, the first time I spot checked what I was doing, I chose the biggest file, which was a video file. And it was a video of him, Hunter, engaged in acts, multiple acts that looked compromising and gross, but embarrassing above all. But at this point, there was no red flags. His dad, Joe Biden, had not announced his candidacy yet to me then. This was just a drunk guy with some nasty stuff on his computer. It was not a political concern at that time. Breitbart News says, and you've probably seen this before with other customers. He responds, yes, but not this quality. It was gross, but it's the job. Did you come across any documents at this point? Yeah, during the spot checking, I opened a couple of documents that immediately stuck out. There was a file I think was called Invoice. And it had a purple dot next to it. On a Mac, you can label files with different dots or flags so you can search your computer that way for all those files. This was obviously an important file, so I wanted to spot check it and saw a lot of money exchanging hands. $2.5 million from Burisma. A statement that said you obviously can't survive off of 550000 a year. Wow. Can you imagine living in a world where you can't survive off of more than a half million dollars a year. It just seemed really fishy, he went on to say, and it seemed like an awful lot of money and a lot of clever ways to disguise and hide that money. Okay, I thought there's a lot of gross stuff on this on this computer, but there's probably financial concerns as well, and some of those documents were related to foreign entities and business dealings. This is when I started to get a little concerned, but at this point, Joe had not announced his candidacy, so this is just another guy. Do the job, get him to pick it up and get it out of my shop. At this point, did you have any intention of doing anything other than just returning the laptop 
to Hunter like you would any customer. The response from the shop owner, right. I didn't feel like I had anything to fear yet. It was gross and embarrassing, but this was still just a guy. It wasn't until I'm making multiple attempts to get him to pick up, pick it up, and his dad announces his run for the president on April the 25th, 2019, that I have a bigger fear. What if I knew this was somewhere out there is signed paperwork in Hunter's possession that says I was allowed to look and recover data from this laptop? I could only imagine how that there was someone on Joe Biden's staff, Secret Service maybe, who's responsible for wrangling in old Biden family electronic devices, the shop owner states. If you have someone in your family who is a bit of a loose cannon, wouldn't you want to make sure their electronic devices are accounted for? Breitbart News. When he gave you the laptop, he gave you authorization and writing to access all the content, correct? Shop owner, correct. And he has his copy of that agreement, which could be on the floor of his truck or on his nightstand. There was paperwork out there that gave me permission to go into the drive and recover the data. And if someone was worried about what was on the drive, they were going to be worried about what I saw. How much did you put into contacting him once the job was done? I called him up to three or four times over the course of a month and a half, two months. There was no response. But by this time, Joe Biden has announced his run, and I just wanted to get this out of my shop. I also sent him a way to pay electronically. The $85 bill was never paid. That would have sent him regular and automatic email reminders. So to be clear, Hunter drops off his laptop on April the 12th, 2019. His dad announces presidential run on April the 25th. You've made numerous attempts to reach Hunter and get this out of your shop. Then what? It's now May and things get busy in the shop. The kids are getting out of school and they want stuff fixed along with educators. So I got pretty busy and I didn't really pay attention to anything until I saw in the news that there were investigations into Burisma and Hunter Biden. And I remembered seeing those names while verifying the data. So I'm starting to really get concerned that there might be something on this drive. Part of me was curious, but the other part of me said, I need to get this laptop out of here. The whole time hanging over my head is this document out there in Hunter's possession, giving me the okay to look at this drive. As the summer progressed, I became even more concerned, the shop owner says. Then it's mid-July, and after several more attempts to get him to pick it up, it became my property. After those 90 days, when it was legally my property, curiosity killed the cat and I went into the laptop. Editor's note, when Hunter Biden signed the paperwork, uh, the work agreement, it stipulated, and this is standard for repair businesses, that if he didn't pay for the repair, pick it up after 90 days, ownership transferred to Mr. Mac Isaac. Now you're looking at the laptop's content. Why? Breitbart News asks, I went in because I was concerned there was activity related to Burisma. That was all I focused my attention on. I ignored the porn and everything that was salacious. I wanted to see if I was sitting on something that was potentially criminal and part of a criminal investigation. What I saw I would describe as sinister, a blatant pay-to-play scheme, and appeared to be very shady. For example, 
You have a private Ukrainian citizen getting emails from the White House discussing scheduling with the then Vice President Biden. Coming from a military family, especially my dad, I knew that the last thing you should do is discuss in an open-air email the vice president's travel plans. At this point, I realize this is beyond me. I'm in too deep. So by the end of summer, I determined that I needed to some level of protection. And the best way to do that was to get the laptop and the drive to the FBI. So we're in August, September. Breitbart News asks, he says, responds, the shop owner, September. So by now, you've had the laptop since mid-April. What do you mean by a level of protection? I was increasingly concerned someone was going to come to me and silence me, either legally or physically. You were concerned for your physical safety, Breitbart News asks. The shop owner, I believe I had just I had just cause to be concerned for my physical safety. And I figured if I went to the FBI, I was doing the right thing. I was following what I call the chain of command. And the FBI would have a paper then would have a paper trail. This way I could never be accused of leaking things to tabloids or trying to blackmail Hunter Biden or anything an evil person would do in my situation. I wanted the FBI involved and to voice my concerns to them about my physical and legal safety. This is information that pertained to a candidate for the president of the United States of America. I trusted the federal government enough and wanted a paper trail that showed I was doing the right thing. The FBI would be aware of my situation and I would have a number I could call if I needed help. I just knew that the FBI was there was where this had to end up. Breitbart News, at this point, had you made any other copies of the hard drive other than the hard drive Hunter gave you? Shop owner, no. At this point, I was only on my store server. It was only on my store server, which I kept for a couple of weeks after the customer collects their device. That way, if there's a problem, I can always go to the store server. His equipment was gathering dust on a shelf. I hadn't made any other copies until I spoke with my father. I eventually told him, look, Dad, I have Hunter Biden's laptop. It's full of stuff that looks criminal. There's embarrassing stuff. I'm worried if it gets out, if someone on the campaign discovers I have it, I'm going to be in trouble. I told him I wanted to take it to the FBI, but not in Delaware with its good old boy politics. I asked him to take it to the FBI in Albuquerque. I mailed him a copy of the drive and the paperwork. But also, by this time, I had watched the FBI get involved with Trump and Russian collusion and no longer felt that the FBI was a safe bet. Smart man. So I made another copy of the drive and wrote a letter to Rudy Giuliani telling him what's going on. All of that, the letter to Giuliani and a copy of the hard drive, was given to a trusted friend with instructions to hand the letter and hard drive to Giuliani if anything happened to me. That was my come save me plan. Now, you got to think about how terrified this man is to to not trust his own government, to not trust the media, to not to be afraid that his life could be ended because he had a laptop that was in his possession that Hunter Biden never came and picked up. Breitbart News says, so we're in September of 2019 and now your friend is sitting on the letter and your dad is headed to the FBI. Right. Dad went to the FBI in October, and the FBI slammed the door in his face, told him to get out of their office. Lawyer up and don't talk to anybody 
about any of this. Really? Breitbart News says, the shop owner says, my father described it as the most embarrassing moment of his life. This is a 30-year Air Force colonel. To give 30 years of your service and have a bureaucrat slam the door in your face. So we sat in the dark for a month, scratching our heads, wondering what we do now. But the fear level ratcheted up because now the FBI knows that we have this and doesn't want to do anything. They kept the paperwork. We presented the repair agreement, etc., but refused to accept the hard drive. So now the FBI is saying, we don't want the hard drive. We just want to know who you are and the agreement so we know who you are. Does that sound like the deep state in the swamp that the president of the United States of America, Donald Trump, warned us all about? Yeah. A month later, an FBI agent, I'll call Agent Joshua, reached out to my father. He wanted to contact me. I did some research on him online. He seemed like a good guy who had focused a lot of time going after child predators. So I trusted him and arranged a meeting at my house. Breitbart News says, where are we at now in the year? When was this meeting arranged? Mid-November. He showed up with another agent. I'll call Agent Mike. I voiced my concerns about people, foreign and domestic, who might want to do me harm over what I've seen. I told them that I want a paper trail and the ability to contact them if something happens. They told me they couldn't take the laptop due to legal concerns. Really? The FBI can't take a laptop. These are the people that take laptops all the time, folks. But, but, but they would, quote, get back to me. On the morning of December 9th, Agent Mike called me for the serial number of the hard drive. Initially, they said they were just going to come in and make a clone of the drive. But they showed up at 10 a.m. in my shop with a subpoena for everything, which I thought was great. I wanted them to take everything. I wanted it out of my shop. Breitbart News says, okay, so we're in December. You've had this compromising information since April for eight months, and you've not reached out to anyone other than the FBI, correct? You'd not even reached out to Giuliani, correct? You had only sent the letter and hard drive to a friend to send to Giuliani in case of trouble, right? That's right, the man says. How many copies were there of the hard drive at this point? My dad had the copy that was supposed to go to the FBI, but they declined it. My friend had a copy for safekeeping. I had a copy on my store server. Did the FBI ever demand all the copies? Nope. They never asked, and I wasn't about to to advertise. Smart, Breitbart News says. For perspective, it was around September the 28th when the Wall Street Journal released a call that then-President Trump was putting pressure on Ukraine President Zelensky for information about what the Bidens were up to during the Obama administration. And Democrat House Speaker Nancy Pelosi ran with that as grounds for impeachment. When I realized all of this, it was at the same time when my dad was going to the FBI. And I thought the timing would be critical or crucial because that was on the laptop. And what was on the laptop showed why Trump called Zelensky to find out about the Bidens in Ukraine. I felt it was important that the laptop be admitted as evidence if there was an impeachment trial. So now it's December. These two FBI agents are in my house and I gave them printouts from the laptop that would show them that the laptop was relevant evidence to the impeachment hearings. They refused to look at it or even pick it up. I never said, hey, this is relevant to impeachment. I didn't want this to be partisan. I just wanted to do the right thing. I didn't want to be political about it, but the country was headed to its third impeachment in history, and if I could prevent that embarrassment, I wanted to try. 
Breitbart News. At this point, still after eight months and all the political stuff going on, you had to you had not reached out to the media or any political operatives like Giuliani. Shop owner, no. It would have been completely inappropriate. Only the FBI. The FBI is where this had to go. So I gave them everything and joked about leaving their names out of any book I write. And this is when Agent Mike says, in our experience, nothing ever happens to people who don't talk about these things. Whoa. Breitbart News responds. Shop owner. I was so happy to get that stuff out of my life. It took me a couple of hours before I realized that that was a thinly veiled threat. Sure was. They also said that if anyone comes looking for the laptop, that I'm supposed to stall them. Say it's off-site, and I'll need a couple of days to get it. The FBI said, I'm to take this person's information, contact them, and the FBI will return everything to me. Well, that's a red flag. How can they return everything if it's going to be considered evidence? Agent Mike told me he was my contact now, not Agent Josh. And I'm only to contact him via text message. No emails. A couple of hours after they collect the equipment, I got a call from an IT guy at the Wilmington FBI office. They were having trouble accessing the drive. There were two separate calls where I had to help them through this. But this was another red flag. Why didn't it go directly to D.C.? Why are they poking it with a stick in a field office? Two weeks later, Agent Mike calls and asks if anyone's been in and seen and seems surprised no one has. This is mid-December 2019. We get through the holidays. The impeachment hearings begin. I keep waiting for the laptop to be admitted into evidence. I'd seen what was on the laptop. I knew it was relevant to impeachment. The very least, it should have been given to the, to the White House to aid in the president's defense. So at this time, I can only assume the FBI has no intention of letting that laptop be submitted as evidence. Now I have to worry about myself, my own safety, and identity. I felt even more alone and exposed. This is when you went to Giuliani? No. With the help of my father and uncle, this is when we tried to go to Congress. After the FBI slash Justice Department, that seemed like the appropriate next step. Republicans and Democrats are just Republicans, Breitbart News asks. Shop owner says Republicans. All I wanted from day one was to stay safe, protect my business, and protect my status in my community. And I knew that in northern Delaware, Biden country, I would have to remain in the shadows. So I enlisted two retired colonels, my father and uncle, to go to Congress for me. They also tried to reach the White House without any luck. And this is my biggest regret. My fear of being exposed sent my father and uncle out there to Congress, and they were met by the... Guards. I think I could have explained what I had better, especially in an environment where the fear of Russian disinformation was so great that anything like this was being shut down. Everyone was afraid to let anyone talk to anyone for fear of being caught up in a conspiracy. Now you've been sitting on this for nine months. Why not go to the media? Breitbart News asks. Shop owner, I want to do this right through the correct channels. I tried the Justice Department. I tried Congress. And now it's August 2020. I've been sitting on this for more than a year, and I've decided it was time to go to the president directly to his attorney. So I came out of the shadows and emailed Giuliani directly. So you waited until August 2020. You waited 16 months. 
shop owner, end of August, around the 24th, nine months after the FBI picked it up and did nothing with it. You gave the FBI nine months to do the right thing. Yep. And I get a call from Rudy's lawyer, Bob Costello. It was a few days before they believed I was for real. And on August 28th, I overnight a copy of the drive. Bob wanted to pay for the shipping and reimburse me for the drive. I said, no, I didn't want any money. Bob Costello, by the way, confirmed this. That's how paranoid I was about anyone judging this in a certain light. Perceptions mattered, the shop owner said. I didn't want to go to the press because I didn't want to be accused of not going through the proper channels or doing this for money. I've seen how things can pervert noble gestures, and I didn't want my action seen as anything other than honorable. No money change hands, even for your expenses, question mark, Breitbart News asks. Shop owner, right. And I didn't want anyone to know who I was, including Giuliani. My thinking was geared towards saving my identity and business. So Rudy's attorney had the, has the drive, and I'm happy. I'm thinking mission accomplished. It's over. I have a paper trail proving the FBI has it. The president's lawyer has it. I haven't profited. I've acted honorably. I thought my job was done. Then, on September the 25th, Republican Senator Chuck Grassley and Ron Johnson released their Senate report on Hunter's business dealings. I went through it. I saw a lot of the money that was given to Hunter, but not what he had done to earn that money. So I reached out to Senator Johnson's office through the whistleblower link on the website and explained the situation I was in. I heard back, but the fear of Russian disinformation got nowhere other than a 90-minute call with two NSA guys and a Johnson A grilling me about being a Russian spy instead of the laptop contents. They never once asked me about the laptop. Breitbart News, sounds like they might have been worried about getting pranked. Exactly. I get it. I don't fault them. The hysteria was so whipped up. I'm disappointed, but life goes on. Then on Sunday, October the 11th, 2020, a few days before the Post ran the story on October 14th, I get a knock on my door. The shop's closed, but I'm in there working, and it's a reporter, which scared the hell out of me. I never thought I would have to speak to a reporter. It was never my intention, but now my name is out there. Who gave your name to the Post? I called Bob Costello and asked, why is the press here? He assured me the Post is going to run the story, but this standard this is standard operating procedure. They wanted to ensure you're a real person. Then on the night of October 13th, I get a call from Hunter's lawyers, George Masiris, and he asked me if I I was still in possession of a laptop his client dropped off in April of the previous year. I told him what the FBI told me to say. Please forward your credentials so I know you who are who you say you are. He agreed, but also asked questions about my physical location. Is your store still in the shopping center? So now I'm scared. I didn't go home that night. I called Bob Costello. He tells me the cat's out of the bag. The post is running the story tomorrow. There's nothing that can be done. It's a, I slept at a friend's house that night. I wake up the next morning and my phone is blowing up. The post forget the post forgot to blur out my shop's name and one of the images they published. So within an hour, everyone knew who I was. Then within an hour, I watched Twitter and mainstream media Block and repress the story. Breitbart News. It sounds like you had an agreement with the Post to remain anonymous. Shop owner. I didn't want my name or shop name made public. 
I was a tiny, it, it was a tiny mistake on their part. They blurred out everything in the Hunter paperwork except some fine print that said the Mac shop is not liable. They were very apologetic in my mind. The Post did what I needed them to do. They got the story out. And that's what I wanted to protect my personal safety, especially if Biden won. If Biden won and this had not been made public with all of the people who knew I had this, how would I have survived? Not to beat up the Post. This is Breitbart News talking now. It says, but the what if question must be a pebble in your shoe. As in, how different would my life be right now had the Post protected my identity? Shop owner says, I don't look at it that way. My what if is, what if the FBI had done its job? What if they had taken the drive in October of 2019 and done something with it instead of doing nothing with it? I count four times, including the time Rudy handed it to them, that the FBI had the opportunity, opportunity to do something and chose not to. If they had done nothing, if they, excuse me, if they had done something two and a half years ago, maybe now I would have a job and I wouldn't have had to have gone to Giuliani and Giuliani wouldn't have had to go to the Post to get the truth out. Breitbart News, excellent point. Tell me what happened to your life afterwards. You lost your shop, correct? I did. I tried to stay open for another two and a half weeks. Initially, because of the corporate media and social media suppression, my customers were unaware of the story. The only question... They had were about why there were police cars parked outside the shop. Police cars? I have to say the Wilmington Police Department really stepped up after the death threats started pouring in. I called Bob Castello, who called Wilmington PD, who had a trooper out there whenever I was in the shop. I cannot thank them enough for that. I tell you, my mom felt better knowing I was being looked after. What form did the death threats come in? I'd answer the phone and hear terrible things. I had to file a, I had to file a terrorist threat report with the police. Not so many emails or texts, but a lot of stuff about how Putin thanked me for my service or how I'm a Russian stooge or how I'm a hacker who's going to go to prison. That's what I didn't get. Why people were calling me a criminal. I had 20 or 30 voicemails the first day with people saying, I hope you get blown up in prison and I hope you rot in jail. And I'm just scratching my head. I went to the FBI. If I did something wrong, they would have come after me. It wasn't until later that I realized this was because of Twitter. Twitter had labeled me a hacker by labeling the material hacked material. So people identified me as a hacker who had hacked Hunter's computer and stole the data and broke the law. As far as the allegations about me working for Putin, I can, I can thank 50 intelligence officials for that one. My family served during the Cold War, my father and grandfather, so that didn't sit well. I remember those 50 intelligence officials came out and said this was Russian disinformation, even though they knew the laptop was real. This came from the deep state at the highest level. James Clapper, John Brennan. They said Hunter Biden's emails was Russian disinformation, whether genuine or not. They all did this to this poor man who was just trying to do the right thing. Don't forget that. Breitbart News. So you had to close down after two and a half weeks. Yes, things were, were getting real sketchy. People were coming into the shop without computers which was a bad sign. That happened a lot. Did they come to glare at you or yell at you? Luckily, it was busy. So when I'd ask what they need, if they needed help, they would say the computer was in their car and never come back in. But I was only busy because the media blocked the story and my customers didn't know. But that only lasted for a week or two. After the story spread through, I lost my, compute, my customers. 
add that to the death threats and these visitors, it was becoming very becoming too dangerous. I needed to get out. Breitbart News. So the story broke on October 14th, 2020. When did you abandon your shop? I closed up November the 2nd. I left the state November 5th. How long were you gone? About a year. So what's your financial situation now? Shop owner, bankruptcy is possible. I could lose my house. I'm not there yet, and I hope not to lose my house. A friend finally convinced me to let her open a give, send, go account to help me out. That's helping some. I'm also doing odd jobs like going to people's homes and picking up trash for $20 an hour. It's not like fixing computers like it used to. I'm reluctant to go back in the business because I have no control over who will, co- who will show up. After 17 months, are you still being harassed? Breitbart News asks. Every day I wake up to someone posting a new thing about me being a Russian stooge. Putin invading Ukraine has created a groundswell of attacks against me. You know, Putin thanks you for your service, or if you're still out of money, go to Putin. He paid you before. That's daily. How do they reach you? I have a YouTube channel where I defend myself and post Mac tech stuff. YouTube naturally has suppressed my reach, but people find it and post in the comments or on Facebook page, which I don't care about anymore. This stuff doesn't really bother me. I'm I'm a, I'm a, a sticks and stones kind of person. I'm a blind albino, the man says, which is true. I've been picked on forever and haven't cared for 45 years. I just don't want to I just don't want to brick through my window. And being legally blind, I would never see anything coming. It's caution now, not fear. Breitbart News, you're a 45-year-old man. You handled a situation you did not ask to be dropped into about as honestly and honorable as anyone could, and your name has been smeared and run through the mud. You lost your shop, your business. It's so unjust. I can hardly articulate it. How do you perceive your future? What's your outlook on life? The shop owner laughs. The New York Times finally coming out last week and admitting the laptop was real. That's what I want to see more of. The more that the news gets out that I'm not a hacker, not a Russian spy, not a traitor. The more quickly and efficiently I can rebuild my life. Once people realize he's not these things, he did the right thing, then I feel I will have an opportunity to rebuild my life. Last week, with the New York Times admission that the, that was the first glimmer of hope I've had in over a year. It's only one news source, but the Washington Post just reached out to me, so... Breitbart News, after all the lies the corporate media told about you, do you trust them now? Shop owner, I remember the day after the story broke. It was October the 15th, 2019. And I had CNN, the New York Times, the Washington Post in my store. I was imme- it was immediately obvious they were only there to catch me in a lie. They were not there for the truth. They wanted to catch me, revealing their narrative. I told them everything. I offered to show them a photo of Hunter's signed authorization. They weren't interested. They were only interested in their narrative. They were only interested in what their trusted government sources were feeding them. So they published nothing I said because it wasn't what they wanted to hear. That this was a valid, factual, and consequential story. Yesterday, I left a comment with the Washington Post, and they probably won't publish that. Breitbart News, CNN, the New York Times, and Washington Post didn't use anything you said back when the story first broke, question mark. 
They were only interested in discrediting me. If not, they would have told the public what I told them. The thing that messed me up is that I wasn't ready for this. No one coached me. I didn't even know what I could or could not say. I'm cornered in my shop by five members of the press. It was a very awkward interview. It was as uncomfortable as I'd ever been. My main concern was protecting my family. I didn't want my dad harassed, so it was awkward. Breitbart News, I honestly didn't, don't see anything you did wrong here. But let me ask if you would do anything differently if you got a do-over. Shop owner, definitely. I would have grown a pair. If I had known then that it didn't matter, that I was going to lose it all anyway, my business, maybe my home, and have to flee the state for a year, I would have reached out to Giuliani at the same time I reached out to the FBI. Breitbart News, you waited more than nine months after contacting the FBI to contact Giuliani. Yeah, I don't blame myself, but had I known I would lose everything anyway, I I feel like I could have done more. Had I been less concerned about protecting myself, maybe I do blame myself. Breitbart News or just published the contents, the laptop online. Shop owner, you know, doing that, the WikiLeaks thing just didn't feel right. We have all these systems in place for a reason. Good point, Breitbart News says. Shop owner, you have to trust the system that it's going to work. Once you go outside the system, it has no purpose. I felt I had to do it this way. But given a second chance, I would... I would do the same, but would work the parallel angle with Giuliani and not worry so much about self-preservation. Some things are more important than self-preservation. This country owes you an apology, Breitbart News says. The shop owner says, quote, only half the country owes me an apology. The other half keeps going. That positive feedback from those who know I did the right thing has been phenomenal, but people don't understand that something like this can what, what something like this can do to crush the individual. I was in exile in Colorado. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't go anywhere. Everything I loved and cared about was far away, including my cats. Takes a lot out of you emotionally. I got really, it got really tough. If, I, if it wasn't for the support I received, not just from family and friends, but thousands and thousands of complete strangers that told me that what I did was right. If I didn't have that, I don't know where I'd be right now. I hope all of you, by the way, will go to Give, Send, Go and donate. Uh, I think it's shocking how little money has been raised so far. I want to make that clear. Um, they've only raised 74000 for this guy. You can go to Give, Send, Go, and I'll put a link up on our social media accounts. But it's called Build Back Mac Isaac. The funds received will go to John Paul Mac Isaac. Seventy-four thousand is all that has been given to this guy, which is insane. Which should be at this point, I think, millions of dollars. I'm going to post it on all of our social media accounts so that you can get to it. So on Getter, on Parlor, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever they'll let us, we will put it up there for you. So make sure that you go and give. I'm going to give because I think it's important that this man has a future. Um, it, it's shocking what has happened to this man. It makes me angry what the government did to him, what James Clapper, what John Brennan did to him, what the White House has done to him, what the Bidens have done to him. So please give to the man who exposed Hunter Biden. 
Give to this man and help because there's more coming, my friends. Get ready for it. I'm telling you this. Get ready for it. Make sure you share this podcast with your family and friends. Please share it everywhere you can. And subscribe or hit that auto-download button to our podcast so you can get more of these updates and hear the show every day. And I will see you back here tomorrow. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.